because we obviously know the very same thing or things can be perceived to be very different depending on our point of view. For example, one person looks at a roller coaster and sees fun, excitement, a good time. Another person gets nauseous and dizzy right away. Uh, one person sees, um, you know, food and, and sees something that can be, uh, 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 you know, taste good and taste great. Another person sees something that has to be avoided to uh, not lose fights against gravity and that can induce guilt and, and things like that. Right? And, and just the most basic things, we look at our own place of living, we see our place of living. Somebody looks at the very same structure or wherever we find ourselves probably is some kind of structure, right? And uh, does not see our place of living or, or the, for, from the other person's point of view, it's not that's my home, that's that person's home, if anything, right? We drive past people's homes all the time or walk past them or see them on, on public transportation, whatever the case may be, but we don't say that's my home. Only when it is my home, right? We look at uh, the people that we know and we say, that's my mom, that's my dad, or a picture of them, or my guardian, or my friend, or my other family member, uh, or my neighbor. But if somebody else were to look at those pictures, it's not uh, guaranteed that those same uh, conceptions uh, would come about. Meaning another person looks at a picture of what we call my mom. They're not going to say that's my mom unless it's our sibling. They're going to say that is a random person, or that is my aunt, or that is my sister, or that is uh, my neighbor or my coworker, a stranger, right? and so forth and so on. So we see that who we are determines uh, what we uh, take, the, what what the, what things are to us to to a very great extent. Uh, we might suppose that certain simple stimuli uh, are more or less alike across the board. Uh, you, you know that uh, ten babies will will perceive heat more or less the same. <laughs> Right, if you if you uh, give uh, ten babies a hot pack, you, you put it on their hand, they'll, they'll perceive heat probably. But excuse me, barring certain uh, issues with with uh, sensations or with the nervous system. But uh, once we anything complicated, we perceive it based on based on us, but we just don't notice it uh, usually unless we make it a point to notice it because it's invisible that process. Right? For example, we read our own language. And uh, it, it takes an extra degree of self-consciousness and, and introspective thought to think that the reason I was able to read that is because I learned my language, maybe even before I recall it, right? If our, our native language, unless again, barring outliers, uh, most of us don't recall learning it. It was done before maybe even we had the capacity to remember. Maybe we, we remember here and there a little bit in school, but more or less it's a, it's a slow uh, process that kind of just occurs and, and, and all of a sudden we speak uh, our native tongue right? and that's and that's the reason why we can read it uh, the reason I'm 120 years old the reason that I can read freely uh, a, a book in my language Italian English Spanish French Portuguese etc etc the reason I can do that is because uh, uh, when I was five years old, six years old, so well, well over a century ago, uh, a process occurred and I learned to read. <laughs> but I obviously, I, I don't automatically think of that. I don't recall that each each and every time that I read. And it, and it appears to be just, of course, like this is what it says in each and every possible point of view. That's what it would say. Right? And, and, and if we see a language that's not ours, we can just tune it out and, and forget about the dynamic. But anyhow, who would say that the same... Uh, process uh, applies to 
the things that are more substantive, arguably, than even than, than language and food and, and roller coasters. And that is just the, the big basic concepts, for example, life, death, time, the world, things, objects, our body, the past, history, stuff like that. It, it applies uh, uh, to, to them as well. And here, moreover, we see that these same elements uh, can be conceived of in, in uh, wonderful, amazing terms or in absolutely ghastly, horrific terms, depending on who we are. On who we are, what do we mean? So uh, we say that um, seen uh, through the correct lens and in the correct light right, and, 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 and everything in the correct place uh, in light of the right purpose and, and uh, purified of our selfishness, of our greed, of our impurity, we can look at um, th th these elements uh, as conducive towards our highest good, right? and as perfect really as they could be. For example, uh, in, uh, my, as it concerns my life, I I'm developing, I'm growing in truth and love, to so say. Right? That, uh, and life's a great gift. It's a, it's a great opportunity. Uh, it's a, a really a remarkable privilege that to be alive for even a single day, given what it is possible to accomplish by the way of my genuine development, not only something external, like a, I can uh, today move around a hundred pebbles or, or, you know, or dig a hole a little bit deeper, but also by the way of, of, of myself, right? And I see that time is the means to, to, uh, to, to, to facilitate that process. I need time. If I didn't have time and if time didn't pass, I can never get to where I want to be as it concerns my development. I wouldn't be around in the first place, but imagine I paused it at, um, you know, I like uh, when I was 20 years old, I like that time and I just pause it. Well, then I wouldn't be conceiving of more good. I wouldn't be conceiving of more truth, more love to get poetical, none of that. So time is, I, I really appreciate it and it's, a, and it's a great thing. I take advantage of it and I don't uh, mind that uh, it's passing. I, the world, quote unquote, the, itself, the world is what I make it to be. It's a concept of mine. But as I understand it, it's a, it's a challenging, obviously very challenging, but the necessary arena and, and stage for uh, kind of uh, uh, life, the life of, of what I call my own, myself and, and of those I love and, and of the processes that I appreciate and that I uh, try to contribute maximally to. Obviously, there's uh, plenty of things that uh, uh, could, in, in principle, be improved and that I hope to, to improve and that I hope to contribute to. But uh, nonetheless, it's, it's, uh, I really appreciate the, 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 the world for what it is, again, as a stage, as an arena. And objects, uh, things, uh, they're, they're, excuse me, they're tools that, that, I, that I gratefully implement for my elevation. Uh, I, I'm very grateful for, for whatever I have. I'm not jealous about it. I'm not greedy with it. Uh, I'm grateful if I have a toothbrush so I can keep my teeth clean. I have some floss so I can floss. I'm grateful if I have uh, a phone, which is an absolute miracle and a remarkable thing, and I can use it to for so many different purposes. I'm grateful if I have any other technology, a computer, if I have a vehicle or I have a means to access public transportation and save myself so much time. I'm very grateful. I think about what it would take uh, to uh, a person today that's a, a kind of a um, cosmopolitan sort of person that travels, that takes planes and, and, and uses vehicles. How many centuries would it take, arguably, to, to stuff in the kind of travel it's possible to do today in the course of just a few years to fly all around the world, right, without airplanes, uh, just to go on ships and, and never mind 
uh, find maybe on, on a kind of a high-powered boats, but just on the ships that they used to have before the, the engine. Right, so we see, it's something to be very grateful for. And in whatever objects I have, they don't have to be the best. I have a little watch. I can use it to tell time. I have clothing. I can use it to uh, uh, clothe myself and, and look good and, and whatever the case may be. Excuse me. My body is, uh, is the means, is my tool with which I pursue my own perfection. Uh, ethical perfection, that is, and, and all that it entails, as opposed to necessarily, there's other kinds of perfection, maybe bodybuilding perfection, but that's that would be a separate thing. It's also great, but it's a separate thing. But my body is is the tool that I have. I see that if it's not functioning properly, goodness forbid, then I can it, it's it can really be absolutely an impediment if uh, I do not feel able to step up to to clear cognitive states to to uh, if I cannot. Uh, Find, get that kind of uh, my energy together and, and, and get my energy maintenance right. It, it can definitely be a problem. I have health problems. It can be a problem. But any health that I have, any energy that I have, I'm very thankful for. I try to look out for my body in a moderate, uh, kind of healthy, psychologically healthy way, not obsessing over it, but also really appreciating it for what it is and, and, and what it does. For me, I, I, right, I don't obsess over it. I don't make a fetish uh, uh, out of it. It's not the highest idea in my mind, uh, the shape of my nose, the shape of my belly, this and that. I try to improve things as much as I can and look out for the size of my belly, sure, but uh, and so forth. But it's not the, the absolute, absolutely overwhelming priority. Uh, the past, as, as we mentioned, history, it's an amazing repository of knowledge and experience. The foundation on which uh, we might even say extra temporal, meaning timeless greatness, is built. It's where we feed into the development of of things that stand outside, arguably the continual flux of time. And without the past and without history, I would ne- it will be impossible to to get to the point that that we are now and to any good that that we may have attained to. It required the efforts of previous individuals uh, and uh, consequently we really appreciate then i really appreciate past the, the past i really appreciate uh history right and finally we mentioned that uh, death right and that uh, death we would say also it can be thought of in a, in a very positive way it's a deadline it motivates me to labor each day to realize my potential become everything that i can be and leave the mark that i want to leave if, if i want to frame it that way uh, it's a reality check. It's what I need to avoid descending into selfishness, into delusions, into fantasies, right? Because I know that it's not going to last forever. I can't simply live in my head and have things be any which way that I want because I'm going to be plucked out of that context. Uh, and, and, I, and I know it, right? So and, and, and consequently, death is also something that, that I'm grateful for. I appreciate it and, and all of that, right? Now, conversely, let's say that I have corrupted myself unintentionally, but nonetheless, intellectually, I've become morally degenerate. What occurs then? How do I view these very same things? Say that to use the same examples, let's say starting with life, when we say life, life becomes uh, uh, heavy, uh, unwanted, uh, uh, curse, nausea-inspiring curse, and that I am forced to put up with it only so as to satisfy my base desires. I might even end it at some point because I can't put up with it. But while I do put up with it, it's just because of vanity and, and desires and all of that. It's a disgusting thing. I try to forget about my own existence and and, and dr- drown out my, my myself at all times by any and all means, uh, whether it's uh, 
through entertainment, through the things that I do, anything but to actually be aware of my own life, my own existence, because I've degenerated it. It's, it's, uh, I don't, I don't like it at all. All right, time, oof, time is a huge enemy because it takes me away from any p- uh, possible possibilities of, uh, uh, of vanity and, and the free indulgence of my desires. At least when I was younger, potentially, I could uh, uh, do what I want and, and indulge in, in, in the base and in the vulgar. But now as, as mother, father, time ticks on, it takes that away from me. It takes away, maybe I had a, 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 some looks or something like that, right? Now the wrinkles come in. Now my powers uh, wane. Uh, so it's a time is is, a, is one of my main enemies, absolutely. <laughs> right? The world, oof, the the world's a, is a potentially very threatening a monstrosity because it can contradict my selfish interest. There's so many elements in the world that can go against what I want and my agenda. I have an interest to make money, but the world can have it such that I don't make money. I have an interest to pursue pleasure, but the world can take that pleasure away from me. I have an interest to assert myself and my self-will, but there's other people with their self-will that might come and, and take away my self-will. So the world is a big enemy uh, 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 for, for the most part, and I can find certain elements of it that I can maybe uh, get in cahoots with that support me and, and my uh, uh, kind of uh, base selfishness, but... Other than that, I'm no friend of the world, that's for sure. Right? Uh, what about objects we said, right? Uh, objects, they're, uh, they're causes of uh, um, the, the, a vulgar desire, right? I want, I want this, I want that. Of jealousy, of greed, of animalistic clashing. Let me get the TV first when it's on sale. Before you get it, I can't believe he or she has a nicer watch or suit or dress than me. I can't believe that person lives in a nicer place of living than me. I can't believe my coworker drives a nicer car than me. I can't believe I saw in the music video all of those uh, uh, entertainers and celebrities that are rocking such expensive things like shoes. I'm so jealous. I'm just drowning in my own misery and and. Uh, and in my own kind of uh, animalistic greed, it's it's a really horrible thing, right? What about my body? My body, it it, it, uh, it might be a means of vanity, if at all possible. If I can think of my face or of my body in a special way, you don't understand. My eyelashes and my toes match in a way that nobody else's do, right? Uh, uh, my face is just so cute, and my uh, you know my tummy is just so nice. <laughs> And it could be that, or it could be a sickly burden. If I uh, I don't like my body, it's not a source of self-esteem, and now I'm stuck with it. It's just like a big bag of meat and blood and bones that I have to deal with and, and somehow na- navigate with that I'm certainly not grateful for. Right? What about the past and history? That's uh, also no friend of mine. It's it's a looming graveyard. At first, I'm probably not aware of, of, of any past or any history because I'm stuck in my own selfish fantasies. But if I were to, for a moment, think, yeah, it would, it would be perceived as, as, a, as a looming graveyard. Right? It mocks all of my pursuits uh, and, and says that uh, my, my ultimate uh, uh, kind of egotistical, selfish uh, uh, vanity will, will necessarily be foiled along with that of everybody else that has lived. Right? <laughs> and of course... Death is is the ultimate enemy. Uh, here I am. Uh, I've created my own uh, kind of um, v- virtual uh, reality uh, uh, based on fantasy and selfishness, <laughs> right? That what satisfies me, what I need to feel good and feel like myself based on my corruption. And uh, I, I would I would prefer to, to live in it forever. I certainly convince myself that I will. I don't act at all like my interests are connected with any other interests than, than, than those of my own. I don't at all try to, excuse me, pursue 
truth and reality, not even slightly. If I even hear of, of the suggestion that something is not really the way that I tell myself that it is, I run from that fact like uh, from, from wildfire. Right? So consequently, something so hardcore, something so objective and absolute and real as death, it's my worst enemy. But chances are my unconsciousness totally prevents me from it all. Uh, conceiving of it. I might even be a mortician myself. I might go to funerals every day. Hopefully I don't have to, but let's say, right? And yet I, I have no consciousness of my death because again, I'm in such an unconscious animalistic state. I simply, it just doesn't process. But if I were to process it uh, for even a moment, which might occur at some age or at some point, I would have a real, real breakdown, probably an emotional kind of cataclysmic collapse uh, because I'm so out of touch with reality and death is so real that that it, the contrast of it, it would just break me. But uh, needless to say, it's a huge, huge enemy death. So anyhow, we see these two different uh, visions of uh, of the very same things. Just like, again, two people uh, look at a roller coaster. One person gets, sees excitement and fun and another person sees fear. It's the same thing. Uh, it's a question to what extent these are the same things. <laughs> outside of the way that we view them, but at least it's the same terms and maybe the same general kind of direction of our attention in relation to those terms. But anyway, I would ask, what does the difference come down to uh, uh, as it concerns how I see these things? We would say it comes down to what we can call to get a little kind of a uh, f- fancy, we call it a righteousness. That's what it comes down to, meaning to my witting, conscious alignment of my thought and my emotion and my action to truth versus self-serving deceit to the extent that I'm willing to put the truth over my truth. For example, it could be something simple, like the truth is that a candy bar I didn't pay for at the store isn't mine. But my truth is that I'm hungry and that I want it. So which am I going to favor? The truth or my truth? The truth is something uh, uh, objective, something that I can clarify in the context of reality. It doesn't mean some kind of self-serving thing. Oh, I read in the textbook the facts. See, it's the facts. I I, I proved it with the study. No. But it it means a clear idea, such as the idea of death, such as the idea of uh, of what it takes to really, truly progress uh, as an individual in life. Something like that, such as uh, a clear uh, vision of an acknowledgement of our selfishness and our wretchedness. Something like that, uh, the, the, the truth versus my truth. Whatever I need to say to feel good. I'm the best. I'm the this and that and, and who knows what. So the more disaligned I am from truth, from, from clear vision, the more blurred and corrupted and skewed that, that my inner being is and that my intellect is, the, the more of an enemy I will be of everything that there is. Whether some of the things we mentioned, life, death, time or anything and everything else and the more aligned i am with truth the more quote-unquote righteous i am and by that we simply mean we don't mean following like a machine a bunch of rules look i'm righteous and you're not we mean a a, a conscious again witting purposeful pursuit of truth and further not simply on a a, in a a book way right look the truth two plus two is four but in a in a living way in a life way like i'm going to live out what i really truly have clarified for myself, and I'm going to try to be completely consistent in my thoughts, in my resultant emotions, in my actions, and all of that, right? And, and, const- and constantly try to align myself, change myself in relation to, to reality, as opposed to trying to change reality to myself. So if I do that, then each and every element of life and being, uh, uh, such as, again, some of the ones we mentioned or otherwise, they should find their proper place 
in the in the beautiful harmony and symphony of, of being to get a little bit poetical. And that's obviously a very, very different experience uh, uh, of, uh, of, of the same things. All right. So we can think about it. Thank you for listening.